Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Please leave a message after the tone. Hello, my name is Adam Sandler, and welcome to So 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 Sandler's, the Sandman Movie Podcast. Agababoo! Welcome back to So 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 Sandlerus, the Sandman Movie Podcast, the podcast where we discuss the movies of famed identity thief Adam Sandler. My name is Kerry Jones, and as always, I am joined by my dearest friend and co-host, Matt Wilsonholm. Welcome back, everybody. How are we going this week? We're going all right. Think, yeah, <laughs> I think um, this week's a lot more bearable than what it's been in the past. <laughs> At least we've got some outline of a plot yeah, with the movie we're about to discuss. Nah, if anyone's if anyone's still listening with us, we uh, we actually kind of enjoyed this movie. I would... <laughs> yeah, the, I didn't mind this, this. This movie was fun. Yeah, it was. And I, I would, I'd probably suggest this movie for people to watch. Yeah, if you were high or drunk. Oh, if you were high, you'd be all over this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I would actually suggest this movie to watch, but yeah. Again, thanks everybody in the last week who's been listening. Our numbers are doing quite well, considering that we've put minimal effort into this, minimal effort into get get getting the name out there. But yeah, 117 individual downloads as of the 10th of March. Let's fucking go! That's sick. Thank you, yeah, everybody that's... that's downloaded and everybody that's listening. That really means a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking sick. That's mad. Right, Matt, should we get into it? This is probably the quickest we've ever got into a movie. Two minutes now. We've, we've hit our <laughs> curve, mate. We've, we're four episodes in. We've got the stride going. Uh, yeah, so this week movie I'm not is... not a car. <laughs> yeah, that's nice that you're actually in the room. <laughs> this week's movie is 1993 Coneheads. They have come from the cold, far reaches of space. Roger, TACOM. Unidentified aircraft. To conquer our world. Request permission to fire. And to enslave our people forevermore. He's disappeared. That is, until the Balthark hit the spinning Crinor. Greetings. 
Has he got techno-industrial complex where I might obtain two or three subnuts of platinum paste? This time of night, huh? This is the story of two aliens, Beldar and Primat. Young one? But they never lost their appetite for life. Wow! My mom's the only other woman I've ever known who could take a sandwich like that. Or their passion for each other. Let us suppose for some reason my life function ceased. What would you do? I would incinerate your carcass in the tradition of Obadiah the Obtuse and put it in a clean, dry place. Paramount Pictures proudly presents a motion picture. These are great seats. That's heads above the rest. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. It is as if you have seized me at the base of my snarklies. Jane Curtin. Hang the drink the astronauts took to the moon. Astronauts to the moon. Boneheads. Are they from another planet? If they're not, we should nuke France right away. Coneheads is a 1993 American science fiction comedy from Paramount Pictures, produ- produced by Lorne Michaels, directed by Stephen Barron and starring Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, and Michael Burke. The film is based on the NBC Saturday Night Live comedy sketches about aliens stranded on Earth, who have anglicised their Remulacian surname to Conehead. <laughs> so, there's going to be some really weird words and names in this yeah that we're gonna do our best with so there's a couple of things i want to talk about with this the production of this movie so lorne michaels he is a producer on snl and the year before this um it all kicked off with Rainsworth. so paramount pictures came to lorne michaels and he was like oh is there any sketches in the snl backlog that we can use to make a feature-length movie he was like, yeah, I'll sign a three-picture deal. So he signed, signed the deal for Wayne's World, Coneheads, and Wayne's World 2. Oh, nice. I mean, Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2 are both really good movies. Yeah, and then you've got this right in the middle. Yeah, that's a bit weird, but, like, oh, you know, nice. Yeah. Uh, Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2 were both very successful and basically shot Mike Myers into um, stardom in the movies and... I'm guessing Dan Aykroyd was hoping this was going to be a bit of resurgence for him after, well, yeah, after this Ghostbusters. Well, yeah, because a few years after Ghostbusters. Is this before yeah. or after Ghostbusters 2? This this is after Ghostbusters 2. I ah, think okay. it's like four years after Ghostbusters 2. But like two years before, he does a cameo in Casper, the friendly ghost, as his character from Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so this movie was made just because Wayne's World was so successful and they wanted to use the SNL characters from the past um, on the big screen. And the guy who directed this, Steve Barron, he is a music video yeah, I was, director. I was just looking at this. He's done some crazy music yeah. videos. Um, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, Summer of 69 and <laughs> Run to You by Brian Adams. Uh, what else has he done? Oh, Electric Avenue by Electric Eddie Grant. Avenue, yeah. Let's fucking go. Africa by Toto and, um, <laughs> and Take Bobby on Me by, yeah 
but, but then he's also um, he, he directed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in 1990. That's actually a really good movie. That yeah holds it well. And, and then after this, his um, career kind of died out. But do you, do you remember a Treasure Island series on Sky for like 15 years ago? Jesus. And Eddie Izzard was playing Blackbeard. No. Oh, well, he, he directed that series where Eddie Izzard is a pirate. Eddie Izzard? Yeah. for a while. <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, yeah, so, th- so this guy's directed some stuff as well. But after this, I think it just kind of died out with him. But yeah, this movie's packed cast as well, but... We'll, we'll Are you telling me you've as... never seen the movie Rat from 2000, directed by this man? Rat? You've, you've never seen Choking Man? You've never you seen, seen Mike Bassett, <laughs> England manager from 2001. Iconic movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have seen Supervisors from uh, 2019. Fuck off. No, I haven't. <laughs> uh... But oh yeah. wait, there was a sequel to Mike Bassett. It's just Manager from two thousand and five. He didn't. He didn't direct though. Just produced it. Mike Bassett, England Manager. What? And the sequel's Mike Bassett. Manager, but it's a TV rather than a movie. Oh, oh, and there's a sequel to Manager called Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. <laughs> you dickhead. Alright, so, so so far we're getting into the movie, it's now been like five minutes and we've judged shit. <laughs> hey, we, we were quick off the bat, quick off hey, the bat. Uh, just riffing. But, yeah, um, <laughs> should, should we get into this movie then? Yeah, go on then. Yeah. Wait, okay. this guy also directed a David Bowie, uh, two David Bowie songs for the music videos. As the world falls down and underground. And he's also got a Fleetwood Mac in there. Hold me. Oh. Man, this guy's the fucking business. Madonna? Rod Stewart? That's you, Steve Barron. He's... ZZ Top? God, just list the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I've missed out a lot of them. There's a lot. (laughs) No, this is like when I found out the other day. Jeff Tremaine, who directed the Jackass movies... Yeah, he's directed the in-flight information thing for American Airlines. Why? What the fuck? I mean, broaden your horizons, but like that is two wildly different things. Yeah, completely different. And he reckons that American, he reckons that American Airlines video is the most viewed thing he's ever done. Which, well, technically, I reckon, yeah, like fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah. but, well, that's just a little fun fact there right moving on to our first seg- segment Matt. our first segment is called curb that blurb so what i've done is i have found a plot synopsis online about this movie if you think the plot synopsis is a good one we'll let it walk freely if not we'll take it outside make it bite the pavement kick it in the back of the head and we will curb that blurb so, here we go. An alien couple known as Belda and Primat with cone-shaped heads from the planet called Dremulak is mistakenly ditched on Earth during a scouting mission for the planet's, planet's conquest. While here, they dodge the INS, have a child, and discover that life on Earth is quite good. 
but unfortunately they are chased by the government who knows something is not quite right with the Conehead family. After the, they are rescued and taken back to their planet, Belda vows to return to Earth and conquer it. This is from Anthony Pereira from IMDB. Do you want his email address? Because he's put it down. Should we email him and ask him if he was too specific there? Go on, there's some spoilers in there. I hope no I one emailed him. <laughs> I'll beat that out. Yeah, but Matt, what do you think of that plot synopsis? Do you want to curve yeah. that blurb? Nah, I will let this one walk. That was yeah. pretty concise. I, I thought that was decent. I, I thought this film was decent, not going to lie to you. Yeah, I like this. I, I really didn't mind it. I genuinely thought after the first like 10 minutes, I was like, this this is gonna go one of two ways, but like no, it actually it's a it's a good little it's a good little movie. Like like we were I was we were just talking about this before. If I'd have seen this as a kid, this would be all kinds of nostalgia for an older like when you get older. Like if I watched this when I was like ten, yeah. this would be like amazing. It would be like a childhood like classic film. No, if I saw this when I was a kid, I think I I'd think exactly the same. It it seemed fun. And stupid and yeah it was like it was just silly but also you have like you've fucking Dan Aykroyd as your main character so like it's obviously gonna be pretty good like Dan Aykroyd's fucking incredible and pretty much everything he's in especially that skull vodka that he does he's fantastic with that smooth but yeah so Matt we'll let that plot synopsis walk is it yeah we'll let that one go yeah I completely agree um, moving on, I've got a couple of reviews here from the internet, and my, my so, notes have just completely frozen. <laughs> Technical difficulties there. <laughs> completely frozen. <laughs> Do you want me to kick us off? <laughs> uh, no, I, I got a couple of reviews to run. Oh my god, that's oh, ridiculous! You... <laughs> I got a couple of reviews to run through. <laughs> Kerry's I got just him shuffling good. through like one of his ten devices he's got in front of him currently. <laughs> um, so the, the first review is from <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> so we can write this ship. We're fine. We can weather the storm. The first what? review I, I I don't even know where I'm gonna find them. Uh, I, I got him here. So the first, <laughs> first, first review I've got here is from James Berladini. He has given this movie one and a half stars. He he said, "Wait, I expect out of out of what? Out of ten? Jesus! Yeah, even out of five, oh, could, that's still. It, it could be out of five. Fuck him. And Fuck he, this guy. He said, he said, I expected stupid humor. I expected silly humor. I expected bizarre humor." But I didn't expect no humour at all. Nah, not having it. I think that's completely unfair. There that's were some fucking... Yeah. Like, so, he needs to go and watch fucking two movies for the last two weeks. Like, never really yeah. can fuck off. <laughs> James Berardinelli. Yeah. If that's Berard your real name, Dave. fuck you. No, no he, he was a proper... Oh, he's proper a film critic. critic. Yeah. Oh, fuck him then. Absolutely yeah. not asked. Just a film snob, but yeah, he, he needs to go back and watch uh, Going Overboard. And then I've got a couple of reviews from uh, fans online as well. So Loud Buttfart from Letterbox give this a five stars. <laughs> Great name. 
and he he said, hard to watch a movie when all you can think is God. I want one of those cones up my ass. <laughs> it's like that <laughs> loud butt farts that kid from uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> with the lacrosse tin oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> I mean it would be basically like getting a parking code stuck up your ass but you know each to their own I'm going to kink shame anybody and then this final one is from Viral Sample he or she give, I'm guessing it's a he gave this movie one star and he said Kona hit Coney's no Kona hit Connie's cussy cone pussy brilliant yeah does this is he a crip or something can he only speak with c's what is this no i, I, I well <laughs> the daughter's name was Connie. Connie. yeah so i think kona is a play on words with gunner of course but like and rhymes with nah, kona, fuck him. cone and then cussy as he's abbreviated here means cone pussy i'm not having it Pussy, open brackets, cone pussy, close brackets. Of course it is. Brilliant. <laughs> and w- one final thing before we get in- <laughs> One final thing before we get into the movie is the IMDB rating. Matt, how do you think this movie did on IMDB? Uh, I don't know. This could be alright. I would say probably around a six. I- Maybe- IMDB. Uh, no, oh, sorry. IMDB. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. That's where we're going with the splatometer. Oh, the IMDb. Okay. Um, like critic score. Yeah, go with critics first. Critics first. Still gonna. <laughs> As I pull to... out another device to try and find the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to be pretty middling, right? This is like I know critics are usually a bit harsher on these kinds of movies, but it's got to be somewhere between like forty, fifty. I'm tempted to even say over fifty. I think the critic score is 35%. Oh, that's, from... that's, that's a bit harsh. And then user, review, user reviews, what do you think? So, yeah, Coneheads is 35% on the tomatometer with 31 reviews. <laughs> Fucking hell. You just lose the ability to speak English there. I'm thinking of bloody Belda and Remulac and... Oh, mate. There's some wild names in this. Uh, and then, Matt, we tend to favour this movie, but what do you think the audience score for this movie is? It's good. I'm still. I'm going to go with... I know I've said this a few times now, but I'm going to go with at least over 50. Surely. 37%. Really? Gave this a good Jesus rate. Christ. Yeah. People did not like this. People really hate this movie. Why? There's... No. I mean, I, I get it. Like, not, it's not at all pretty fucking weird. But like, there's some very, very likable things about this movie, and I think it's. Right, I'm, uh, I'm gonna get some shit for saying it's better than Billy Madison, but it might be better. What? Do you think this it's better be... than Billy Madison? Maybe. Nah, I don't know. You've. Yeah. On the spot. Yeah, we'll, I think it might we'll be. We'll go through it. We'll let what everyone else thinks. Hey. <laughs> so should, should should we start? Oh my god! Have you still broken over here? You just having an absolute nightmare. Yeah, everything's broken on my end. Completely broken. <laughs> All right, so this we'll start with that. With okay, open yeah, into the movie. This starts with uh, the spaceship that Dan Aykroyd and oh, I'm gonna what's Piri- Piriat is her name? The main Pr- primat. 
Maybe. Prime that. But, but, yeah. I was Bell watching this with subtitles on it. still didn't let's, make let's sense. Let's go with that. Beldar and Primark. Yeah. So oh, Beldar, yeah. If you can't tell, they're you obviously both gender neutral names, clearly. But no, Beldar. <laughs> I think they're made up. <laughs> I think they're made up names, man. Yeah, exactly. Isn't every name made up? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get the first shot of these guys. Uh, they've entered American airspace, obviously, because, you know, anytime you've got alien aliens, they're always in America. Um, and the U.S. Air Force has tracked them on their radar, and they've hunted them down, and they've shot at them. So these missiles have hit the ship, and they crash-landed just off the island of Manhattan. And then we get the opening scene of seeing the actual aliens for the first time fully, and you just get their little cone heads bobbing out of the water. And then we go from there. Yep. And then straight from here, the cone heads decide to take some refuge up in a motel. And the night manager in the motel is one of many cameo parts in this movie, and the motel manager is played by Michael Richards from Seinfeld and he, he has no idea how this motel runs what the local area is like and he's just telling the Conads, yeah just pay for your rooms and speak to the guy in the morning and he'll he'll tell you everything you need to know I so love how, Conehead... how much he just deflects that he's like yeah I don't yeah. want anything to do with you two fucking weirdos nope you, you want nothing to do with them and then he's like yeah how are you going to pay for your room and then Primat just comes in with a bunch of quarters she's just nicked from uh, the vending machine outside. Yeah, she just kind of like zaps it with zaps her gun. All, all, all the quarters come out. And... Which, and that never comes back in the movie again. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, she, she just pays for the motel with all the quarters she's stolen. Talk about Michael Richards. I've I'm, I'm gone off on a tangent again, yeah? We're Sorry. Not. We're alright. <laughs> um, have you seen that episode of... Nathan for you, with Michael Richards. Well, not Michael Richards. Have you ever seen Nathan for you? No. Oh, okay. What is so that? Even, I've never even heard of this. Oh, it, it's the funniest series in the world. Um, this guy, he basically, it's on Comedy Central. He's he's a business major from Canada, and he goes to different businesses and just gives them crazy ideas on how to make extra money. So he, he goes to like pizzerias and he's like, their, sale, their sales are down. And he's like, right, what we're going to do is we're going to off, offer a free pizza if you can't deliver the pizza in eight minutes. And the guy's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And he's like, the catch is the free pizza is only an inch big. So they have to pay for the big pizza, pizza and then give the inch pizza to customers. And customers are like, oh my God, two pizzas if it doesn't come in eight minutes. But joke is that the second pizza is absolutely tiny but yeah moving on um there's, there's an episode <laughs> with uh, <laughs> there's an episode where he this restaurant their numbers are down as well and they want to make something big happen in um in the news so nathan this guy nathan he hires a michael richards impersonator to go in as kramer from seinfeld well as michael richards but he does this whole kramer thing and he leaves the tip for $10,000 to one of the waitresses. But it's all completely set up, all completely fake. And then this waitress puts it on Twitter, say, oh my God, Michael Richards just came in. 
give me this tip and then the news pick it up and then it blows up and then all these news stations are interviewing her and then all these articles are being written by about how generous <laughs> Michael Richards is and they're trying to save Michael Richards' name because he's a bad guy, he's a racist. But the news just pick it up and it just blows up and it goes viral. But it was all just completely fake. <laughs> so did she not get completely. the money? No, she didn't get any of the money. <laughs> But but she was in on it. The Jesus restaurant were in on it just to build up this buzz for the restaurant. Oh right, okay. Yeah. What about the waitress? Did the waitress know? Yeah, the waitress knew. Oh okay. Fuck. Oh. Yeah. Fuck them. Because then. they knew it was a fake. It was a fake Michael Richards. That's fucking but, hilarious. Oh. Get trapped in your the, life. The amount of different. Uh, the, the, the amount of different characters that they interviewed for interviewed for that segment, but ended up on Michael Richards. You. Anybody out there, you need to watch Nathan for you. It's possibly the funniest show I've ever seen. But yeah, Michael Richards is in this movie as a <laughs> motel manager. We're back. Um, and then in the room, they're just getting oh yeah yeah in, in the room they're just getting used to planet Earth and Dan Aykroyd sees some toilet paper. And just next to the toilet. This is the strangest scene in this movie. <laughs> so he goes he goes to eat the toilet paper, but instead of like eating it, I don't know, like getting one thing, he just like inhales it and it just unravels sheet by sheet and it's just so fucking weird to watch. It's like a high powered vacuum, isn't it? It's like, have you ever seen someone shoot someone with a toilet paper gun where it's like, <laughs> roll a toilet roll and they shoot it and it just yeah. shoots out and it covers them? It's like that, but in reverse. Yeah, I was just going to say it's that in reverse. Um, and then, yeah, they, they've broken everything down in the hotel room to try and fix their ship. Like, they've taken the TV apart and whatever. And then, yeah, they both realise that they're stuck on Earth for a while and they need to blend in with the humans, who they call the blunt skulls. So, cone heads are the people with silly cone heads and blunt skulls are us because our skulls are blunt apparently um and then after this they're just watching some bowling on tv and then they freak out because the pins <laughs> look like the cone heads i think yeah i didn't really get that i was like okay i guess they're <laughs> I, cone shaped I, I think that's the joke okay but i'm, I'm not exactly sure yeah i was uh, like it's a, it's a bowling pin right it's not exactly ah oh, fuck it it was yeah. what it was <laughs> So Belda and Primat, they decide that they need to blend in on Earth for a while and just stay here and wait to be rescued by the Remulats. So I'm guessing we skip forward a couple of weeks, a couple of days, a couple of months, whatever, because we find out that uh, Belda, Dan Aykroyd's character, now has a job in a electronic repair place. Yeah, he's working for Simbad. Yeah, he's working for Simbad. Who's so another Sinbad. great cameo Sin- in this? Sinbad from from that genie movie, Kazam. I honestly couldn't tell you why Sinbad's famous. I just know his name. He's in Absol- Jingle All the Way. I know that much. No idea. Um, yeah, but not just Sinbad. Eddie Griffin is here as well. From uh, he's in Deuce Big Low. He's the pimp. Yeah, yeah. And, and he says like one line. <laughs> so yeah, B- Belda's got a job with. Uh, Simbad and then Simbad like, oh, Beldar, just go for some lunch. So Beldar goes back to his trailer, which is outside, and he has pizza with some pencil shavings on him, and then he uses Windex to cure his mouth 
because he's burned from the top the, of his mouth. And then the hot, I've hot written here, Windex heals burns and COVID, allegedly. <laughs> Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> okay, now. That's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then he smokes like 15 cigarettes at once. Yeah, I was going to say, he goes to, sick, he goes to smoke a cigarette. And just the entire packet is just glued together and he's just smoking 20 cigarettes. <laughs> that was actually really funny. I liked that. I turned and I was like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Uh, and then uh, Marlax, played by Phil, Phil Hartman, just basically FaceTimes him. Yeah, with some like, weird, I don't know, so they built some weird like, FaceTime machine. Yeah. Um, so Beldar says it, uh, tells Phil Hartman's character that the ship is broken down and they need to save him from Earth and then Marlax tells Beldar that it's going to take seven Zeralas for them to be saved. No no idea how long a Zerla is because they Jump. didn't... You didn't find out? It was just... No, nope, they, they didn't convert it at all and then Primat announces to Beldar that she's pregnant with child. She's got a little cone baby on the way. Yeah, little cone baby. Little cone baby. And then back at work, Sinbad tries to play Beldar for his work and then asks him for his social security number. But obviously because he's an alien from outer space, he hasn't got a social security number. He is quite literally an illegal alien. Ha! Yeah, that, that's, that's the joke of the whole movie. Literally. And then Sinbad is like, don't worry, I know a guy. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This Saturn. is <laughs> <laughs> this scene is the entire reason we watched this hour and a half long movie to do this, <laughs> hour, this hour and a we... half long podcast. And, and... Against what it might sound like, we didn't actually start a Dan Aykroyd podcast because of last week. This is this is one of the smallest cameos in the movie and it's the only reason we watched it. <laughs> um, it's well, a great cameo, a good scene. It, it is great, but on, on the uh, Wikipedia plot, this cameo is reduced to four words. Oh, really? I mean, it's actually, it's in fairness, it's a pretty crucial point of the movie. For the, yeah. Plot. So, Sandlin, this movie, plays uh, Carmine Wiener. And he's just, what, well, I'm guessing he's involved with the mob? Yeah, he's just it's just an ambiguous mobster, mobster guy who just Person. sorts him out with his fake identity and his passport yeah. and his socials. And... So Sandler specialises in fake identity. And then there's, there's a whole scene where Sandler's telling Belda about his new name, which is Donald R. DeSisco. And then they just go back and forth and Sandler's like, What's your name? And Belda's like, Donald R. DeSisco. I'm like, say it again. He's like, Donald R. DeSisco, where are you from? And then Sandler's just drilling all this information into Belda about his name, his wife's name, where they met, where they were born, um, and things like that. And then Sandler just gives them a file full of the necessary information, passports, social security numbers. And Belda and his wife are now US citizens. Hey, and that's the good scene. old US of A. That, yeah, that's literally it. It's the only reason we watched this movie. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. 30 minutes.
shortest part nice. of the go. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they. Is there anything you want to add about Adam Sandler's character here, or? No, I just uh, I mean, just a good scene. Like even if you just watch yeah. this scene by itself, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's true. Adam Sandler's got a he's got a good accent in this. He's putting on a little bit of a New York. Yeah, he's well, got his. He, he's up to. He New is York, from New York, uh, but. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's up to a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he's definitely gone like stereotypical, like I'm walking here, like just classic New York. Um, yeah, that, that's the whole scene with uh, Sandler, and then in, in the car, Sinbad is just giving Beldar some life advice about becoming an American. And he says, uh, you need to get a hat, you need to fix those teeth, you need to be your own boss, and most importantly, you need to take cash only. The rules to live by. Yep. And then Sinbad then asks Beldar for some chewing gum, because Beldar's chewing <laughs> gum, and Beldar just pull, <laughs> pulls, out a, pulls out a condom. Just pulls a Johnny out. <laughs> yeah. And then Sinbad's like, actually, ride rather not, I better not chew and drive. <laughs> Fuck, so, yeah. they do some weird shit in this movie, yeah. And then... We, we cut to a scene in the INS, and the name Donald R. DeSisco has been brought up on their database. Because... Yeah, so they've, they've clearly yeah. seen this before, like, quite a few times, for this, so this guy I, who's supposedly dead. Yeah, every time this name gets used somewhere... It pops up on their database, and then they go after the person because this Donald R. DeSisco is actually deceased. And now we are introduced to INS agent Eli Turnbar- Turnbull, played by David Spade. Um, He's good in this. Yeah, I, I like this little weaselly assistant. Yeah, I, and I don't think he's a bad guy. No, no, he's boss just... is a bad guy. Yeah, and he just st- some just... stuff are rubbing off. On this. So yeah, the I no, he has some good one-liners and stuff like yeah. So he, he is good in this. The INS basically ICE of today, and they're just trying to deport illegal immigrants yeah. from the, the U.S. So David Spade is introduced as this secretary, I guess, and uh, there's two Spanish people speaking to him, and David Spade goes to <laughs> he goes to these. Uh, I'm guessing they're Mexicans, and he just goes, I'm really bad with English. All I'm getting is clicking noises. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then D- David Spade takes the document with the Cisco's name on it into the uh, commissioner's office. He's the, he's, the, uh, he's the, what is it, assistant deputy commissioner. Yeah. Uh, nice. that's, yeah, Assistant Deputy Commissioner Gorman Sneedin, played by uh, Michael McKean's office, and we're introduced to this character, and he's talking about a new system that he wants to introduce, where you put shock collars on people you deport, and then put a big electrical wire all along the border, and then if they try to cross the border again, they just get an electric shock. <laughs> funny but like as someone in real life has probably definitely had that idea before <laughs> or someone's probably tried to use that from this movie 
it would not surprise me if Trump watched this movie and said, <laughs> "Oh, I've got an idea. I saw it. I saw it in Coneheads." <laughs> I guarantee that was the conversation he had when he was president. Hundred <laughs> percent. Fuck it out. Um, yeah, and then uh, Spade and McKean's have a conversation about how seriously McKean's takes his job, but McKean says that he has to give 100% to stop the country from getting overcrowded. Fuck, he's just such a little slimy bastard in this, eh? <laughs> yeah, he's dreadful. And, and then we find out that uh, Belda's social security number comes from a deceased man, and yeah. every time that it gets used, the INS flag it, um, and it's been flagged on a number of occasions, and then we find out that it's been uh, find out that it's been uh, connected to Beldar working in the auto repair shop, and then McKean's loves going after this uh, De Cisco character, and then he just lists off all the nationalities that have been using this fake name and all the nationalities that he's got kicked out of the country. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. After the scene in the uh, INS, we now cut to Beldar, who is in the dentist to get his teeth fixed because Xander. Uh, Xander? Because Simbad told him. <laughs> told him earlier on that um, Beldar needs to get new, new teeth. New teeth. Um, the dentist here is played by John Lovitz, who. Yeah, that was a bit of John who's, Lovitz. He's going to pop up in a lot of these movies over the. Um, coming weeks and then he's like uh, Mr. Beldar open your Mr. DeSisco open your mouth and then Beldar opens his mouth and he's got like three lines of pointy teeth <laughs> he's got oh. three rows of teeth it's like a yeah. fucking shark <laughs> so Love is kind of freaks out he's freaked out a bit by the teeth and then takes it asks, in stride though doesn't stop just carries on with it nope. <laughs> powers through like, um, Mr. DeSisco can you open your mouth and then it just opens up to the size of a basketball, pretty much. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> just this gaping hole in his face. And then I think this is the funniest part of the whole movie, when John Lovis tries to put the nitrous oxide over <laughs> Belda's nose and mouth, but because his mouth is so big, he just kind of sticks it in. He puts the entire like nose face mask <laughs> into his mouth. <laughs> and then... Yeah, Beldar gets knocked out, and they were just back um, in Beldar's caravan at night, and the whole thing is covered by, uh, surrounded by ISN agents. And Beldar and Primate escape by breaking through the wall, and then they're on the run. Yeah, just for some context here, these aliens are like super strong, super smart. Yeah, but like fairly docile. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. Um, then after after they escape, uh, Spade and McKean's are looking for documentation throughout the caravan to see where they're from, and then they find some clothes and like a disc with weird writing on. Yeah, basically just like his symbol, I guess. Yeah, and then McKean is like, "Ah, those are some strange symbols. I think they might be Korean." <laughs> Definitely Korean, David Spade. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake. Uh, and then, yeah. So after after they escape, we skip forward a couple of months again, and now Belda is a taxi driver. <laughs> yeah, right. He's a taxi dri- taxi driver in New York City, and the passenger in this movie is Drew Carey. 
from the Drew Carey show and other oh, stuff. Oh, okay, that's Drew Carey. I did not recognise him yeah. when I was watching this. This is his uh, film debut. And yeah. he's just just a passenger. You've also, I think you've skipped over the most important part of the scene is that he's now tried to co- <laughs> co- cover his cone in like the world's largest turban. Like, <laughs> just to try and fit more of a stereotype. <laughs> and he's still got the top of his little cone poking out the top as well. <laughs> I, I, I've got this written. Baldo's now working as a taxi driver and he's wearing a turban. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Beldar's taxi driver is wearing a turban and is he drops Drew Carey off to the airport or something and then we go to Beldar and Primat's new home Primat is still pregnant and they agree that this place isn't good enough to raise a family yeah they're just in the so basement they, of someone's house like yeah just to start so, so they they, they want to move out and they decide to find um, a, a better place to live pretty much and we're introduced to Beldar's boss and landlord as well he just comes knocking on the door this guy's the only guy on uh, on Wikipedia that's not listed in the cast. I couldn't find him at all, oh. even though everybody else is. I was going to say, this has got like an actual huge cast. <laughs> yeah. And then pretty much birth spasm begins and her water breaks. So they rush her to the hospital. Uh, she's giving birth. And as she's giving birth, like the massive earthquakes are happening. Yeah, she's uh, just a wild birth scene, like the whole hospital shaking. Yeah, it seems shaking. like Sinbad is back taking photos as well as well as his boss, <laughs> as yeah, as well as his landlord. One's on video, one's on photos, and then yeah, everybody's freaking out. Well, all the staff are freaking out about how the whole building's shaking, and then yeah, Primat gives birth to Connie, and then the doctors like Mister Desinco, would you like to? cut the umbilical cord and then it's implied that he eats it i guess i think he just he just chews straight through it yeah yep <laughs> and then a nurse faints so yeah A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Brilliant. Then there's... Does the, is this where the montage is? No, we're back at the INS first. Oh, okay. McKean is trying to build a profile on. Oh yeah, sorry. Beldar, and then Spade comes in and says that the um, symbols that they found have no no new origin. Um, and then Spade's like, "Oh, maybe they're from uh, another planet." And then he says, "Shouldn't this be the uh, Air Force's responsibility because they came in from space?" And then McKean's like, "No." They've tried working in my country. This is my responsibility now. <laughs> this was the Air Force's responsibility until they tried to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yeah. So it's up to McKean to catch these coneheads. And then the INS are on a steakhouse, a stakeout in front of Beldar's house, and David Spade is now wearing a turban. As a taxi driver? Yeah, yeah. He's not... Yeah, I don't know why, though. He's the only other person in this movie wearing... Or, like, only other person in this scene. Out of the thousands of cops that are there. And then a, t- a taxi pulls up. The I- ISN uh, assume that it's Beldar. So they surround it with officers. Before we get comments, Kerry, I think you're saying INS. Wrong. Oh. <laughs> ISN? What am I saying? You're saying ISN. It? It's INS. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh. I, I've, I've written ISN. What's ISN? Fuck em. <laughs> What? Who God knows. Anyway. So the ISN... Don't blame Kerry. He's Welsh. It's fine. Is <laughs> private es- investigators in Milan. Oh. Ooh. So, it could be the same. So what is it? INS. Yeah. Oh. But I've written INS and I've written ISN. Okay. So I might have said I. I you might have said ISN once. No, nah, you said it a few times. Oh, okay. <laughs> I picked up it before, but I was just gonna let it go. <laughs> I thought it was a one-off. <laughs> I, I've written IN, INS and ISN in the same sentence. Brilliant. And then <laughs> um, okay, whichever comes out naturally, that's what we're going with. It doesn't the, exist anymore anyway, fuck him. Yeah. The, the INS then finds a weird-looking keychain and asks Beldar's boss where it's from. He says it's from one of the finest people he's ever met. And yeah, is how, he, how he's described by everyone in this movie as well. Yeah. Everybody absolutely <laughs> loves him. <laughs> and then um, then he's like, oh yeah, they moved a couple of weeks ago. And then McKean just gets a random phone call and says that there's a potential for a promotion. And now he's like, oh, I have no interest in this case anymore. He's like, I'm getting promoted and I don't give a fuck anymore. Which is Basically, poignant. That, 
rings true for a lot of things. Uh, and now we get the uh, classic moving it and baby growing up. Oh, you know, it's a, it's a 90s movie. It has to have a montage in it. Yeah. And uh, the song playing is Kodachrome by Paul Simon. I, I think this was a nice song. A good choice. I enjoyed this. Good choice yeah. for a little family montage. And now, yes, so the montage happens and Connie's now fully grown and the family are having breakfast. Belle that eats like 26 waffles <laughs> at once. Just absolutely inhales these waffles. And then classic dad from the 90, Belda goes off at Connie, who's wearing too much makeup. She's got a tattoo in the back of her head. Yeah, she's got like a little fake tattoo on the cone. Yeah, and he, he's not happy with uh, the clothes that she's wearing and just freaking out. And then we're introduced to Belda's neighbours, uh, Larry and Lisa, and Larry is played by John Alexander again from Who's... Seinfeld. And uh, and I was looking at I was looking at him. I was like, I he's know this man is so young in this though. Yeah. yeah, like he looks because this is while they're filming Seinfeld as well. So there's like yeah, he looks wildly different, C- completely different. I was like, I know this man is supposed to be bald. He has to be wearing a wig. Has to has and to be wearing a wig in this. And then I was like, why, why would they put a wig on, on this when he's known as being a bald man? God, maybe he just hasn't lost his hair yet. But then later on in the movie, there's a whole scene about John Alexander wearing Oh, wig. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think he's wearing a wig. Um, I say, George Costanza looks so different. Than completely different. This character. Like, it's wild. Because I was looking thinking... He's definitely this person, but it looks like it should have been him from 15 years before. Oh, yeah, 100%. They, they, they do look like 20 years apart. <laughs> and then, yeah, but Beldar just fixes Larry's lawnmower by chewing on a screw. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we'll come over for food, whatever. And then Beldar picks up his friends from Connie's house to take uh, take them shopping as Beldar's car's getting fixed. And then... They, they go shopping and then back at the mechanics, Beldar goes up to the mechanic, Ronnie, and he's played by Chris Farley, who pops up again, and he just says the car's not ready, and then Beldar doesn't understand why the car's not ready, because they had this agreed upon time. And then Beldar just goes, not only have you delayed my leaving here, but all the events that were to follow. What <laughs> reasons could you have for such deception? And then Connie asks, Be- Beldar storms off, and Connie asks Farley, why is it taking so long, even though they have... All the emitty, all, all the things there to fix the car super quick, and you're like, oh, I was outside having a beer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I was outside scoring a beer. Fuck you. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I guess Sparks show here. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where this comes from. It, do, are they in like a relationship yeah. before this, or like is this? Uh, I, or is this? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Because it kind of seems is... like they know each other, but they yeah might not. I I honestly have no idea. Fuck it. Um, yeah, but they, they end up together, I guess. And then McKinnon Spade are now in an interview regarding the uh, commissioner job. So he's been, been promoted from assistant deputy commissioner to deputy commissioner. Yeah, and now he's up for commissioner. Is that what this and is? Then, yeah. I, I think he's getting promoted to... Oh, I don't know. I think, he, I think this is him getting another promotion. From, from deputy commissioner. Yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah. Anyway, he's getting a promotion, and uh, the guy doing the interviewing is played by Kevin Nielsen. 
who again yeah. just pops up in a lot of these movies. He's and then he's in loads of stuff. I was trying to picture yeah. him like, what can I think of him from? But he's just in so much stuff. He's in everything. He's in so much. All of these people are. He's. Have you seen Weeds? No, I haven't no. seen Weeds. It's. I don't know. It's all right. He's. He's one of the main characters in that though. Oh, is he? Yeah, like he's in a big part of that. Oh, I. I did. I never thought That's he showed up as a main character anywhere. I always just assumed that he. Kevin Nealon. Yeah. Yeah, he's in. He's like a decently. Uh, is it big ne- part Neelan or Nielsen? of Weeds. Nealon. I've got Nielsen here. Oh, we right. Are we talking about two different people? <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> it's a case oh. of mistaken identity again, is it? Oh well, don't worry. It's uh, ISNINS. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Saddam. It it, it it it's not like anybody's taking this podcast as gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I hope not. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no, it definitely is him. But Kevin Nealon. What's Neelan. his name? Kevin Nealon. Nealon. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, he's uh, in he's in Weeds and he's in quite a lot of it. Oh, yeah. there you go. So yeah, Neelan's question about this uh, DeSisco case, and he's asking like, why has two hundred fifty thousand dollars been spent on a case chasing aliens from space? So McKean's like, okay, we need to open this case back up to prove that the spending was needed and that there are actual aliens on Earth. So he decides to go after the Coneheads again. Um, and now we cut back to um, Connie and Ronnie. So Connie nice. and uh, Chris Farley, they're, they're on a date and uh, they're asking each other where their families are from. And Farley's like, oh, my family's from the old country, blah, blah, blah. And then... Connie just completely devours a foot-long sub. The, this was probably my favourite line in the whole movie. <laughs> Chris Farley. So they're at Subway. It's like aggressively 90s Subway. And <laughs> she just gets the sandwich and just puts the whole thing, like, just in, just gets the whole sandwich and just eats all of it in, like, one mouthful. And Chris Farley's jaw just drops and just says, my mum's the only woman I know that can take a sandwich like that. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that, that's one of the only other quotes I have written down as well. <laughs> uh, and then she proceeds I'm... to just absolutely inhale the other one as well. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, um, are you going to eat that? And then... We just cut to uh, a supermarket and Lisa, who's the neighbour, and Primark are now out shopping and Lisa's convinced that Belda is having an affair with this woman that he's taking on driving lessons all the time. Um, yeah, so it's like the same lady who's trying to do the driving test like five times. <laughs> yeah. And then, then we, we're on the driving test with Belda and Gladys, who's played by wait, uh, wait. Hooks. There's there's. In the in the supermarket, there's a scene where she just gets fucking terrified of an eggplant. It's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Just watching it, she rolls up to the eggplants and just screams her tits off, and then like picks one up and then carries it like a baby and just leaves. It's so weird. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) It's just so random, but it's fucking hilarious. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then they, they were so yeah then uh, we're on the, the, uh, the, the then driving we're on the driving scene. test with with Gladys Gladys is the, like the whitest name 
like whitest old woman name ever. She's like the whitest person, whitest woman ever. Have a guess who she played on The Simpsons, Matt. Oh God. <laughs> I have no idea. This, this woman, this very white woman, she was the voice of uh, Manjula. <laughs> yeah. Of course she, she was. was. Uh, she was a Pooh's wife on The Simpsons. Oh, of course she and, was. And she she's just failing a driving test on purpose so she can have more lessons with Belda. And then after she's failed the test, like, oh, we need to do that again. And then she just kisses Belda straight on the mouth. Just just full sexually assaults him. Yeah, and then Belda's like, yeah, nothing can happen because I'm your teacher, but he likes her, so she will come to no harm while when the Coneheads take over Earth and she's put on the uh, no, no shoot list, whatever it's called. Yeah, the no harm list. The no harm list. And yeah. And then after the date, uh, Farley drops Connie off at the house and he tries to kiss Connie, but she has no interest. And then Farley asks what's wrong and Connie's worried that she doesn't know how to be affectionate. Is this when Red Hot Chili Peppers is playing? Mm. What song's playing in the car? I have no idea. Um, and what then chili then songs kiss. in this? There's a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. There is some good music in this movie, actually. Oh, Soul to Squeeze. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. And then, yeah, that song was only released on this soundtrack. Really? Yeah, apparently. Are you sure? That's that's what I read somewhere. Well, fair enough. I don't know. I thought I'd seen it on an album somewhere, but all right. <laughs> oh, it, it might be. I might be completely wrong there. And then, <laughs> yeah, they're kissing, and then... Farley doesn't know when to stop, and then yeah, Connie's takes like, it a bit ready, too far. And, and then she storms off. Um, and then Connie comes into the house and tells tells her parents there what Ronnie was like, and then Belda goes outside to confront him, and he just rips the roof off his car. <laughs> he just rips the corner of his roof off and speaks to him through the roof. <laughs> yeah, and then he just th- threatens Ronnie pretty much, and then back at the house, Connie's annoyed at Belda for getting involved. And says she doesn't care about their home planet and the ship will never come to save them. And then Primat goes to confront Connie as she's crying in her bedroom. And she talks about how Primat was heartbroken in a relationship for Belda and how it helps you grow as a person, whatever. And it leads you to where you should be. And then they just bump cones. Yeah, they do this little cone bump with the top of yep. the cones and there's all kind of an electric spark. It's weird. And then... Belda's on the golf course with Larry now, and he's talking about getting Belda a wig like he has. So, yeah, I was right. <laughs> what is it? He says, like, you should consider getting a wig, and he's pointing to his own hair. It's like, oh, this isn't all mine. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the golf course, Ronnie shows up and apologizes to Belda what he did to Connie. And then Tom Arnold, Tom Arnold is here, and he just asks Belda, what's up with your head? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like the only normal person in this. He's the yeah. only person in this that's like, hey, your head is really fucking weird. And then, yeah, Tom Arnold is, yeah, he's super famous comedian and actor as well. He's been in loads. Oh, he's in so much shit. So much crap. He's in Dickie Roberts, from a former child star, as himself. He's been <laughs> in Simpsons, as himself. Baywatch Hawaii. I'm a celebrity, get me out here in 2017. So. Well, you can't argue with that. So, yeah, Tom Tom Arnold's there and he's just like, what, what's up with your head, man? And then we just cut to um, 
a diving competition, and Ellen is Connie's coach. Yeah, you, I had a real hard time figuring this out. Like, if I didn't yeah. know the name of a character with, as coach, you would not know. No, because I, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know until afterwards because I, I googled Ellen Coneheads and then was like, oh yeah, she's the coach. Yeah, I went back to watch it. You'd have no idea. And I, I literally went back to watch the scene and still was like, that could be anyone. That could be any blonde lady. Yeah, hundred um, <laughs> percent. Yeah, Ronnie's here watching and he tries to apologize to Connie and then Julia Sweeney. I know her from Still Little. She's the principal. Julia Sweeney. Um, yeah. What the fuck is she? In? I know her from Still Little. I I think she's like works in the bank in Still Little. Because I, I recognised her face straight away and was like, who is this woman? And I anyway, she, nah, she's the principal her. and she's asking Belda and Prima why they aren't involved in any of the committees and then they accidentally volunteered to be on the homecoming committee. And then yeah. We, and then we cut to homecoming and Ronnie still apologises uh, still apologising to Connie and then they eventually make up and then Belda's in charge of the fireworks display and he sets off a rocket. Just this little and, tiny yeah, tiny little pocket rocket <laughs> goes up does a tiny little bang and everyone's like boo 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 and then he pulls he pulls out his, 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 he just pulls head. out these massive blackout shades and just sits yeah. there <laughs> just waits for it and it's like the greatest firework ever it like knocks people out of their seats <laughs> yeah um and then we just cut the bell down Primate in bed and Prima is worrying that bell doesn't in love with her anymore and Belda says he loves her and will never move on if Prima passes. Oh yeah, she's reading what? She's reading Cosmo and she's like, oh, what yeah. would you do if I died? Yeah, classic. And then and then he's like, oh, I would shrivel up into a ball and the smell would be awful and I would just rot. <laughs> and she and, seems and then, happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just pan out from them sleeping in bed. The camera just zooms out from their face and then we find out that they sleep standing yeah, up yeah they sleep standing up just like cut the into the bed. mattress yeah <laughs> bed up against the wall but their room's uh-huh. laid out so that everything would look normal lying down yeah <laughs> uh, and then now we just cut to McKean he's on a board shouting at some people who are trying to get uh, into the states illegally and he's like there's no work for you here, you have no skills, you'll be a drag in our economy. Yeah, I felt like this was a bit unnecessary, just shouting at a boat full of refugees. I was like, fucking hell. And then he gets another phone call from Spade, and Spade says, we have an idea where the Coneheads are. And then what, they're... I've got and the then, next, uh, next note, is they're in the bar? Oh, no, I've got... Um, Primat runs into the principal at the supermarket and then the principal's like yeah we don't need Belda on any of the committees anymore I'm guessing because he went too far with homecoming Oh yeah. and then Primat runs into uh, Gladys and they just share some weird looks yeah they just kind of avoid each other on the same aisle yeah and now they're now, now they're in the bar and um he's just got a massive stein which I raided he's just yeah. got this two litre jug of beer <laughs> nice um, and then they're talking about a golf trophy, and Larry's like, "Belda, you, you're going to win that one day." And then Belda <laughs> just imagines the head on the golfer turned into a cone head. <laughs> and now then the locker room showers, and Belda goes into the shower, and he has no butt crack. Yeah, he's got no butt crack, and two like 
weird nubs above each cheek. Yeah. It's really weird. And then after this, Beldo arrives home and there's romantic pl- music playing, rose petals, whatever, candles, and then all this leads to Prima dressed up all sexy and she <laughs> just walks in. And there is 10,000 candles <laughs> in the house. <laughs> oh, there's so many candles. And then, yeah, B- Belda and Primat make love, and then David Spade is outside, and he's just listening into the whole conversation, and then listens to them. Just the weird, sex. weird yeah. alien noises. Um, something's like, what is that? I'm like, um, I think they stood on a cat or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these weird, yeah, David Spade is just listening to Belda and Primat making love. And then, um,. McKean and Spade then confront Beldar as Jehovah Witnesses and they invite themselves into Beldar's house and then they talk about the world ending and Spade and McKean are using testimonies from the Bible and Beldar is saying how the Bible is ridiculously optimistic about how the world is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what he, how... well, he thinks that obviously his home race is going to come and take over the planet and like yeah. kill everybody or enslave them all. But, uh, this is actually a callback to earlier on in the movie when they're in the motel. Um, Primat is on the bed reading a book and she's laughing, and the book that she's reading is the Bible that you find. Oh yeah, it just in in the... Uh, in, in the drawer. Yeah, and ap- apparently she's laughing because she's reading the part of the Bible that talks about the world ending, and she's just laughing because about how ridiculous that it is written down because she <laughs> thinks it's going to happen in a completely different way to what the Bible's saying, and the same's happening. Same is happening here. And then classic. And then they just get another FaceTime call from uh, the phone in the other room, and then Beldar freaks out, so he kicks out McKean and Spade. Yeah. 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 So he just, they get a phone call, and then he just kicks Spade, McKean and Spade out of the house. Oh yeah, no, he gets a like a phone call from like his home planet. Yeah. Yeah, and then he just throws them straight out. <laughs> and then we just cut to Connie and Ronnie, and now that. At a Halloween party, um, Belda's there as well. Oh, everyone's there. So he kicks Spade and McKean out of the house, and then we cut to a Halloween party. Connie's there, Ronnie's there, Belda's there, McKean is there, and Spade is there. Apparently, yeah. What is it's the oh, is it, it? It's the Halloween party. Is it? Yeah, but is it like the school one or something? I th- I think it's the golf course one because he wins. Oh, the trophy, yeah, he? no, yeah, the golf course one. Um. And now we find out what the phone call was about and Belda's telling Connie that the rescue vessel is on the way um, and they're leaving tonight. Connie says she needs to tell Ronnie but Connie thinks she wants to stay because she loves Ronnie. And then Belda tells Larry he is going back to France so he can become a driver for the president of France or the prime minister, uh, president of France. And he's like, if the president of France calls you to be a driver, I guess you got to go straight away. Can't argue with that. And then Belda wins the golf trophy from earlier... And then we just cut to Connie and Ronnie being at home alone. And Connie's telling Ronnie how she's different from uh, other girls. And Belda and Primat race home to find Connie and Ronnie using sensor rings, which I guess is them making love. Yeah, I, I don't know what was going on there, but they were very sweaty when they walked in. Yeah. <laughs> and then the INS once again surround the house and announce that the Coneheads are under arrest. The uh, Coneheads decide to make a break for it on the mo- motorbike, but the bike crashes. But it turns out that it was Ronnie all along. Good old Chris Farley to the rescue. Yep. Then the actual family try to race off in the car. 
but they're still blocked by the INS. And as McKean is walking towards the car to arrest the family, they are saved by this spaceship. Yeah, the spaceship finally arrives, and just a yep. giant magnet comes and picks the car up. Pretty much. Then... Uh, then what, the, yeah, the two uh, INS agents, yeah. like, jump onto the car? Yeah, as the car's being lifted, um, McKean jumps on the car, and then Spade jumps on McKean because he doesn't want to leave him behind. And then they're all taken on board the ship on the way to Remulon. Um, on the way to planet, they go to deep sleep, whatever. And then on Remulon, Velda is brought in front of the High Master, which is played by Dan Aykroyd's brother in this movie. Yeah, I was looking at that. He's not in anything else, is he? I don't think he's in much. I'd be surprised. And then Belda gives McKean and Spade his gifts to the High Master. McKean is still complaining about immigration. And then the High, High Master is unimpressed by Belda changing his teeth. And then he's sentenced to death by Garth Fock. He also gives the High Master a Johnny as a present as well. Yeah, gives him some and, good old chewing gum. Yeah, chewing gum and like the manual to his car, whatever, and something. <laughs> just like the, just the tries to give him any gifts that he can find. Yep. And then the Garthok is easily killing everybody else off. The first guy was um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's played by he, he was the principal in the Goldbergs. He's the principal in Mean Girls. What's his name? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I was looking at him here. Um, What's his name? Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, yeah. Um, and then Tim Meadows dies straight away, and then everybody's dying, and then Beltar goes up... Beltar goes up to fight this... Um, Basically just the most discount Rancor you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> he literally is like fighting the Rancor in Return of the Jedi, but like... It's about ten this, feet. This, pla- this planet it, didn't look too bad. Nah, it was just really fucking weird. Like they were in the yeah. high master's chamber, and there's just the like um, those like the dancers that dance on like the curtains and like roll themselves up and down and just like all yeah. around, and they were just going off, and there was just some really weird shit happening. But no, yeah, it's like they they're fighting this. Well, Beldar's fighting this Garthok, Garth. which is it's, it's yeah. like a like a 10 foot tall rancor instead of it being like fucking 50 feet like <laughs> it's just this little green thing i'm not little but um, it's the, the easily way... disposed yeah it is easily yeah, i was gonna say the way that uh Beldar defeats the garthok is he uh first sings tainted love yeah and i don't know he why just... he sings tainted love where does <laughs> It's the song that the girls were listening to. And yeah, like, it's yeah. in the car, but I don't understand why it's why, making a yeah. comeback now. And then he just, what, uses his golf skills to kill it. Yeah, he just yeah, ram, rams this stone straight in through the back of his throat. Yeah. And um, then, like, grabs it by the nose ring and just absolutely fucking smashes his face into the ground, and that's about it. And, uh, yeah, now the Garthok is dead, Beldar's offered a request... And he's like, I want to go back to Earth to conquer it. And the High Master's like, yeah, go for it. And then he he takes back McKean's character with him. And David Spade, David Spade is left on uh, Remulon. And he just becomes the right-hand man to the Grandmaster like he was to McKean's character. Yeah. Like, straight away. Just 
finagles himself into this incredible yeah. position, and then like he's 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 great at what he does. Yeah. So, and then uh, yeah, Beldar, Primark, Connie, and McKean's character go back to Earth, and Beldar is announcing how he will destroy Earth over the radio to the other ships. But then he fakes a warning message, and the entire fleet retreat from Earth and head back to Remulon. Beldar and his family get off the ship. And then they blow the ship up to fake their own deaths. Yeah. Take their own deaths. That's about and then it. Belda and McKean come to an agreement to issue green cards to Belda and his family to allow McKean to stay alive. <laughs> what is it he does? He's like, I've just saved your life. I've saved you from like an alien planet. And he's like, all right, I'll give me a green card. And he's like, only if you can prove that you have a skill that no US citizen could already do. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, um, after they get their green cards, Belden and his family settled back into Earth. Uh, Ronnie comes to get Connie and takes her to prom. And then Belden's like, Ronnie, I need to have 55 words with you. And then he has exactly 55 words with him. Yeah. And then he just Was it actually Connie. 55 words? Yeah. Oh, good. Fuck. It I is was 55 like, words. Yeah. And then he gives uh, Ronnie the keys to his car. And then the final shot of the movie, uh, we got... Uh, Frankie Valley playing, you're just too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, Connie and Ronnie going to prom and Belda and Primat enjoying the fact that they can create new memories on Earth. Nice. The end. The end. Yeah. That wasn't too bad. No, it was actually like, it was pretty good. I won't lie. Like, I I enjoyed it more than I genuinely thought I was going to. I thought I was going to hate this. I, I thought this was going to be like, what, like, worse than all of them. I thought this was going to be tragic. I, I, I knew about this movie, but it was one that I always avoided watching when I was younger because yeah. I heard that it was not the greatest. No, yeah, I think I've... You know about the characters, like, I think I've just seen them in, like, random compilations and stuff of just this... Yeah. Just this cone-headed motherfucker. But, like, yeah, like I was saying before, if I'd have watched this as a kid, like, watching it now would be an absolute treat. Yeah, like this I is actually, actually pretty good. Right, so let's move on to our scores then, Matt. Yep. What would you give this out of? What would you do? Ten? Yeah. Ten. ten how, how many? Yeah. How many sandbags out of ten would you give this? And what kind of flood could this stop? Um, I'm gonna give this like like a six point seven. <laughs> you give I like this. Fuck him. I was harsh on Billy Madison, but that's set in stone now. He can't change it. Yeah. I, I, in hindsight, I'd probably give Billy Madison like the same as this, but no, I'm gonna give it. You give Billy Madison a three point five, but yeah, that's stuck in stone. So you give her a six point seven, yeah. and that's brought the average score up to three point ten. I give Billy Madison a four point three, which. Looking back now, I think I was tough on it, but I don't think I can rate this better than Billy Madison. I I don't know. I just uh, uh, every time uh, I watch Billy Madison again, it just fucking pisses me off. But at least I laughed in Billy Madison. I like this. This was good. This I mean, it wasn't good, but like this was easily watchable. Like it wasn't a chore to sit through this. Like not that Billy Madison is, but I'm gonna have to give this less than Billy Madison. <laughs> I'm going to give this a 4.2. Fair so enough. So, Matt, 
at the moment your average score is 3.10 and my average score is 2.93 oh you harsh bastard yeah okay our scores are down We're moving on matt what do you think the budget for this movie was wait carry but we didn't huh? we didn't say what it could stop oh yeah go on oh what uh, what I kind have, of flood could? I don't know why I did that because I've got nothing lined up. But <laughs> what, what kind of flood flood could your six point seven sandbag stop? Fucking the flood of toilet paper from him, like inhaling a whole box of it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my, my four point two sandbags could stop the flood in the basement when pretty much. Water broke. Oh Jesus, that was so much water. <laughs> it's like that a was a <laughs> uh, But yeah, that's the kind of flood I could. My sandbags could stop. Right, Matt. Budget. Box office and budget. What do you think the budget of this movie was? I'm going to say more than last week. What was, what was last week? It was like 1.4 or something. Yeah. Probably. Probably. I'd say it's probably more. Give me a number, Matt. Fucking hell. It's at least... It's got to be at least double. I'm going to say three three point something. Maybe four or five. The budget for this movie was $33 million. Fucking hell, I was way off. That actually does make a lot of sense, though. <laughs> and how do you think this did at the box office? Not well. Considering those Rotten Tomatoes reviews before. And... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know like who this movie is aimed at. In fairness, so I don't know. I don't think this did well. No, it it made a loss. It I was going to say I don't think it made its money back. No, it, it grows twenty one million dollars at the box office. So thirty three plus advert. Yeah, it it lost a big uh, big yeah. chunk of money. It lost a decent amount of change though. Oh. Right before we end, Matt, do you have any trivia for this movie or? Not really, other than the only thing I could find is there's when she's doing the diving scene, you can see like a little bit of the uh, the cone coming off, but I went back to watch it, and it's literally just like the smallest <laughs> little crack, and I was like, fuck me, who is fine to find tooth comb in this movie? Like, come on now, you've got better things to do. I, I like, yeah, I, I saw that as well. I, I didn't go back to watch it, but also that scene as well, she's wearing a swim cap. Yeah, swim yeah. caps. Swim caps are used for people with hair whilst they're swimming, not yeah. for people who are diving. <laughs> or but... bald with a cone head, <laughs> which is probably more aerodynamic. <laughs> oh, 100%. Uh, I got a couple of pieces of trivia here. Um, the French government, they were super annoyed that the aliens said that they were French instead from being from space. So the French government put in a formal request for any references about France to be removed from the movie. That no, couldn't have like, gone well. <laughs> no, the studio like, nah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, get fucked. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we don't want to say we're aliens, but we're French. Sweet. No questions asked. Uh, Conan O'Brien had a role in this movie, but that scene was cut. David Spade's character, Eli, was originally played by Steve Martin on SNL. And Bill oh, okay. Murray originally played the Ronnie character on SNL as well. Fuck, that would so be good. I think um, Bill Murray was considered for the role of the, in this movie, and then he was obviously 40 
oh, 50, so he could be Yeah, I was going to say, he's definitely yeah. not. <laughs> it would have been a bit he... weird to have him, yeah, in this role. So, yeah, that, that was changed. And then a couple of goofs as well in the movie. Uh, th- this one's a factual goof. Belda and Primit called the fried eggs fried chicken embryos. However, embryos are clusters of fertilized eggs, and the eggs we eat are not even fertilized. They should be called fried chicken gametes. Nice. Yeah. And then another factual <laughs> er- er- error here. I'm glad somebody oh. picked up on that and took oh. their time to, to write l- that down. To know, to let everybody else know. It's yeah, it's crazy, but it needs to be known. And then another goof here. Connie is seen at a swim meet, and the next scene, she's a cheerleader at a football game. High school students are not allowed to compete in two sports simultaneously. Cheerleading a sport? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can guess it's a sport. But they're like cheer, cheering the sports. It's, it's two different things. Football's going on here, cheerleading's going on here. They're two different entities, cheerleading's a sport. Is marching band a sport? No, that's they do some Yeah, but they do some crazy shit. You ever it's... seen them, like, marching bands at, like, American colleges where they're doing, like, spelling out all the letters and all that crowd jazz? But, but it's a band. Is a rock band a sport? I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> nah, I'm being harsh on the cheerleaders there. I'm just taking the piss. <laughs> I, I've, got, I, I've got to say cheerleaders are a sport. <laughs> nah, they do all kinds of mad flips and shit. Of course it's a sport. They, they do. It's, they do, and I respect any cheerleader out there. <laughs> Because it's it's tough, it's tough what they have to do. You, Is you. there? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it out. Uh, Is there anything else there that you want to say about this movie? No. No. Um, no. Same. I think I'm done. I think we're good with that. Um, oh, Matt, do, do you want to let the people know what we're doing next week? Because oh. I, I'd fuck it up. Oh Jesus! So. Yeah, you you can't get this right. You've been saying it wrong for a week. <laughs> Not um, next week. We've got the movie Airheads. Not Coneheads. Coneheads. It is not a sequel to Coneheads. It's an entirely separate movie in and of itself. Oh, Sam has been in two head movies in a row. Two head movies simultaneously. I I once saw uh, Kim Kardashian in a head movie. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Oh, okay. Fucking I, I incredible. Think... And, on, and on that note, we'll fucking, yeah. we're just going to end it there. That's it. Done. Um, Do your socials. You want... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Write a review on Apple. Tell us what you really think, and if it's nice, we'll read it out on the pod. If not, fuck you guys. <laughs> um, follow us on our socials. At the moment, we're just using Instagram, but we're there on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. Are we there on TikTok? Yeah, we're, you we're do the TikTok, mate. I've got uh, no Yeah, I, I haven't that. done anything there. Um... <laughs> Yeah, just follow us on Instagram. I'll probably delete the rest. On Instagram, we're at So Sandlerus Pod. Give us a follow, like our posts. That's where you're going to keep up to the most up to date stuff. 
if you want, send us an email at sosandlerspod at gmail.com and we'll also read that out on the podcast. Apart from that, I don't think there's anything else we need to say, is that? No, so, I think we covered all that. Same time next done. week for Airheads. Yeah, same. Yeah, Airheads next week. Watch the movie or not. We have to. <laughs> but yeah. Bye. Give it. Give yourself some context. See you later, everybody. <laughs>Deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.